podcasting from Nashville, Tennessee. This is Keep Asking, the podcast that helps you dig deeper and wider into the research providing insights into today's church and culture. I'm here today with my colleagues Scott McConnell and Casey Oliver to talk about American views and theology. Welcome back, guys. Good to be here. Glad to be back. So we've got some interesting um, stuff today. So uh, do you, one of y'all want to jump in and kind of tell our listeners um, who we're talking to on this and a little bit about our sponsor? Today we're talking about the state of American theology, and this is a study that we conducted here in 2018 uh, for Ligonier Ministries. It's the third time we've conducted uh, a version of this study, and about every two years uh, we've completed this survey asking all Americans a number of questions about biblical beliefs as well as heresies, and seeing how many people agree and disagree with each And uh, some of those questions we've asked repeatedly, and some questions are brand new here in 2018, uh, learning a little bit about how Americans uh, view God. Awesome. Now, uh, why are we repeating the questions? Why have we been doing this um, multiple times? Well, well, um, so we actually do have some new questions, which we'll dig into a little bit as well, but... um, one of the things that it helps us do is to be able to see how, how public opinion on, you know, again, not not that the public opinion is, is prescriptive, but it's descriptive of what's happening, and it helps us kind of have our have a pulse of where America is in regard to, uh, you know, an array of theological issues. Okay. But today we're talking about the new ones that we have um, piped in. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Casey, we've got one that I think is really very liberating. I think if you want to, do you want to share that one that just um, kind of opens things wide up for us? Um, do you mean in terms of liberating, <laughs> in terms of believe whatever you want to? Because if that's a, uh, yeah. Yeah, because um, I was thinking that's what I'm thinking. Uh-huh. Oh, wait a minute. You you said we can't, it's not prescriptive what the uh general <laughs> all right maybe maybe i need to think that through oh no that's okay let's say yeah so we we found that about six and ten uh americans affirm that religious belief is a matter of personal opinion it is not about objective truth so in other words a lot of americans uh, six out of ten uh, believe that truth is relative that uh, they can kind of pick and choose what they want to believe in terms of, of religion and that there's not, uh, there's not something that would override that. There's not something that's objective outside of, of their own uh, likes and dislikes uh, that, would, that would necessarily indicate that they're wrong or that they should believe something different. Okay, so can I cut in with a funny story here? <laughs> this just reminded me of. I don't feel like how I answer this um, is going to impact the what happens next anyway. So <laughs> no, it's not going to matter at all. Okay, so a um, when I was in college, I went to a state school, um, go Mizzou, and so one of the religious studies professors was teaching something at our campus ministry. And he was wanting to emphasize a very ecumenical, broad view of religion. And so one thing he asked was, um, 
if anyone in the room had had, you know, different views than the traditional Christian view and any, you know, had they had any other ideas or backgrounds? Well, I was a very new Christian at the time, so I didn't understand the framework or the toolkit that you're supposed to pull from for that answer. So I raised my hand (laughs) and I said, when I was a kid, I used to think the world was a big gorilla and we were all living in its belly. <laughs> well, I think that's that's a different, um, you know, that's that's not an orthodox Christian perspective. So, yeah, that, that works. <laughs> so just as you're reading yeah. that question, I mean, that's, but that's just it's, like your it's opinion, a fair... right? That's fine. <laughs> yes, it was my opinion. Uh-huh. And I just got very tickled as you were reading it because... He was wanting to open it up, and he totally did not know what to do with that. I mean, he received it. I will say he graciously received it. He did not rebuke it because what I later understood about his views, he couldn't necessarily. But anyway, I thought I would just share that, you know, the really this, I mean, this leaves it wide open. Mm -hmm. One of the things we see uh, throughout the questions we (laughs) asked Are, are a little less outlandish <laughs> ideas. Um, he, he pivoted away from that question. And maybe that's a reason why we don't ask theology as an open question very often, uh, <laughs> an open-ended question. Um, but we see that, that Americans have a, an odd mix of agreeing with the Bible in one case and, and completely just kind of stepping back and going, no, that's not me on another because um, we, we do see that two-thirds of Americans agree in, in, in Jesus' death and resurrection. We saw that on this survey. We see more than two-thirds agreeing that God's a perfect being, can't make a mistake. Um, so those are, those are biblical beliefs that a lot of Americans are buying into. Um, but then if we turn around and we look at something related to uh, uh, sin, uh, e- even the smallest sin deserving eternal damnation, only a quarter of Americans, actually less than a quarter of Americans, agree with that. And so we, we see that Americans are picking and choosing. And so this, this new question uh, that, that we asked this year really, really kind of captures the fact that uh, people kind of like to pick and choose what they like or, as Lizette shared, make up their own <laughs> religious beliefs. <laughs> um, you know, if you don't grow up in church, you gotta, you're, just, you're just piecing together things as you can figure it out. And that's what made the most sense to Kind me. of a Tarzan-related... <laughs> so... Well, and I was going to say, yeah, I, mean, I don't. What... <laughs> All right. The I, kind of the follow up question that you I know, would ask. This is that... where we should have gotten. <laughs> this is where we should have gotten kids ministry VBS to yep. do a commercial, because, <laughs> I mean, this should be the call to invite children to VBS this summer because <laughs> the need is great. Yep. So. Well, so so Lizette brought up the idea <laughs> of, like, okay, well, you know, growing up outside of church, this is, you know, so so that was one of my questions, too, is, well, how, you know, this is asking Americans, well, what about, you know, some of those people who attend religious services or Christians or whoever? Um, and what we, what we see there is that, you know, there are less people who affirm it's a personal opinion rather than something about objective truth, but there's still a lot of people. So, you know, among those who attend a religious service, 45% disagree with that idea of religious belief as a matter of personal opinions, not about objective truth. Um, and then among Americans with evangelical beliefs, 62% disagree with that. So uh, at least most of those with evangelical beliefs are are saying that there is objective truth grounding that, but it's, you know, 
38% of them who, who aren't. So that's still, still a big chunk. Yeah, that's one of the fascinating things in these questions is is when when we're, at, when we're asking all Americans, we know a bunch of them are not going to understand the truth, not not willing to accept biblical truth at all. Uh, but then when you step, as Casey did, kind of inside church attendees or those who've already expressed they have evangelical beliefs, uh, it, it's still amazing how many people are not understanding some pretty important truths here like this one. I think it's interesting that there were not more not sures um, on the religious belief as a matter of personal opinion um, versus, you know, objective truth. Uh, because when you think about it, religious belief is so intertwined with personal experience um, that I'm surprised that more of the folks who strongly agreed or somewhat agreed didn't didn't land a little bit more into the not sure this is a this is such a a really high confidence level it seems in that statement and, and we definitely left the door open for for opinion here and i think that's probably why more people were sure of an answer um whereas a lot of the questions were stating something as fact and 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 for for many people who are kind of in the opinion space uh they're not sure if they can put it in that tight of a box. And so we, we do see that the, the not sure numbers uh, on some of the other questions can be as many as one out of five Americans uh, not being sure of, of some other things. I thought, uh, I don't know, this is, this is kind of from left field a little bit, but that, that was one of the ones that was one out of five is, is the Holy Spirit can tell me to do something which is forbidden in the Bible or, you know, we've, we've been using Gospel Project. I teach a Sunday school class for college students at my church. And um, that was, you know, working through in the the Abraham and Isaac story. You know, obviously God doesn't actually have him go through with that. But, you know, he's telling him to sacrifice his, his son on the altar. And you're going, through, okay, so what is that, you know, because that, <laughs> what is it that God's telling him to do something that we know is immoral and that, you know, that God's word would reveal um, in the future is is clearly immoral. Um, you know, so, so yeah, just, just, uh, but, but obviously for these people who are answering this question, they have, they have the benefit of that already. They, they already know what, you know, um, that's what's forbidden in the Bible. And yet still 19% of them are saying they agree. The Holy Spirit can tell me to do something that's forbidden in the Bible. There's definitely, we've seen before on these surveys, there's a lot of confusion about the, the work of the Holy Spirit and, uh, you know, to see one out of five people, uh, you know, really feeling like that voice you hear, uh, you know, sometimes telling you dark things could be the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and, and the New Testament very clearly describes that the Holy Spirit is, is guiding us into truth. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's the, the, tr the same truth of God's word that Jesus shared uh, that, that he's revealing to us and reminding us of. And, and so there won't be that kind of disconnect. Uh, and, and again, our view of God, uh, you know, sometimes gets as limited to what we can understand um, and what we can remember. And the, the beautiful thing is we, we serve a God that's, that, that one of the things he does is remind us of things we're forgetting. Mm -hmm. You know, this, uh, I just made a connection here with some of the previous research that we've done that, um, you know, every time we do something on discipleship and we study the different 
you know, ways, uh, sharing Christ or faithfulness or obedience, all those different things have an impact on faith. The one factor that always jumps up, um, you know, above everything else is Bible reading. And I, I really just saw, um, not that I wasn't convinced that was a good result, you know, that was a positive thing in the past, but it really seeing that now you see, okay, the more someone's reading the Bible, um, the more that, you know, going to the Bible, understanding what the Holy Spirit is saying, that that's, you know, if you, you want to hear from the Holy Spirit or you, you want to know and trust what the Holy Spirit says or, you know, the, the greater familiarity you have with your Bible. Yeah, and and I mean, to me, that was just a, um, a neat time from two completely separate studies that I, I think makes sense. Yeah, and I think, I don't remember if it, I think it's Luke 4 where Jesus is um, tempted by Satan. And so, so he's hearing a voice, you know, he's, but it's, it's not the Holy Spirit that's talking to him in that instance. And he's able to rebuke that and, and identify, well, this is what, this is what scripture says on this topic. And so that's, you know, that's an authoritative guide for him to point to and be able to, to say, this is a lie, you know, this is from the enemy. And um, so, yeah, without, without that grounding, you know, we're hearing, we might hear a voice and not say, I don't know who this is from, you know, I just know that I feel all of a sudden this impulse or a surge or this thought, and how do I how do I evaluate that without, you know, the guiding of of what God's already revealed, you know, in His Word. We see in this study that seven out of ten Americans uh, believe in the Trinity. We didn't use that word. We we actually mentioned uh, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Um, but seven out of ten Americans believe that that, that God exists in that way. And, and so we, we, we followed it up with specific questions. And so we just mentioned the one about the Holy Spirit. We also asked a question about Jesus Christ uh, saying that he is the only person who never sinned. And uh, 57% of Americans agree with that statement, uh, which is a biblical truth. Um, but that leaves you know, a, a pretty large minority of Americans uh, you know, don't see Jesus as sinless or they believe someone else has pulled off that amazing accomplishment as well. Mm -hmm. And and that's one of those things that only God could do. Um, in fact, we, we don't have to look very far around us. We only have to look at ourselves to realize how impossible uh, that task is. And yet uh, a, a, a large minority of Americans uh, don't uh, don't affirm that, that, that he's been able to do that. Well, and I, I know, I remember we've had this conversation before, and Lizette gave me a hard, hard time for bringing this point up, but I'm going to do it again because I think it's interesting. Uh, so, you know. Thank you for the respect <laughs> and, you know. So, the, when, when people define, you know, when Americans are defining sinless, they might not be going to saying, here's what God says about this topic, and here's what it means to, for me to actually be. They might not be thinking Sermon on the Mount if I'm angry with my brother, then, you know, it's like I've murdered him in my heart. But, Nevertheless, you know, I think it's interesting to think about the fact that we don't we don't meet our own standards, whether you know it might not even be God's standard that, but we you know we fall short of like I you know I might say I don't think it's good to lie, and then I might lie later that day, you know. So if that's even even if it's not to that level of oh, here's what God's good to know. To mm -hmm. <laughs> no, that's a great point, especially you know where where we started the conversation with you know so many people saying truth is relative. Well, in my set of beliefs, I haven't sinned. Right. Or yeah. in, in my set of beliefs, uh, you know, my favorite music artist has never sinned. Um, 
But but as you mentioned, you know, even when we reset the standard, we still fall short. Yeah. Which we're not allowed to do, by the way. <laughs> I think that's what was that called me out for? Set the standard or fall. <laughs> uh-huh. Set the standard or fall short because I I may do that. Well, guys, this has been good stuff. We are out of time today, um, and I want to thank our listeners for listening. And if you have any questions, please tweet to us at SMCon, at StatsGuyKC, and at Lizette Tweets, or at Lifeway Research. Join us next time for another edition of Keep Asking. Keep asking, learn more, do better.